We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TB- TPFL. It's Wednesday, it's June 1st, it is 2022. We have eight baseball games that we're going to talk about here on today's podcast. We're going to focus on the eight-game main slates over there on DraftKings. Joined today by Keith Eiser, Eyes 819 Keith, what's happening, my friend? Oh, not much, you know, just tilting a few strikeout props Gauss guy had Gaussman versus the White Sox today and he had four through three innings and then only got one the rest of the way they ran his pitch count up so missed on the Gaussman but two and one so far as long as Javier goes over it it should be a pretty good day for the props but um had a couple others I didn't write up I had uh uh uh, the Brewers guy name is escaping Lauer over five four four and five and a half I think he was um had George Kirby laddered up to seven and he got eight. So it was a pretty good day overall. George Kirby, man. I'm excited. He's, good. To, he, he's a name that we're going to talk about for a while. Um, Definitely. He can stay healthy. So he is um, very, it seems like he's very talented. So I'm excited to see how he progresses over the next couple of years. Cause he's still young. And I mean, all these guys always have room for improvement. I mean, you know, think about like Jacob DeGrom. He was excellent when he first came up, but he still improved a lot in that first two years. Um, he's just one of the ones that I followed really closely because he's a local guy. But, um, you know, we see that a lot. So I just think it is fantastic to see the talent. I was talking to somebody at the racetrack this weekend about how much talent there is in baseball coming up and how, you know, how the sport is just going to continue to evolve. Um, so. 
Yeah. yeah, the things they figured out with velocity and and how to train velocity and just develop that is is incredible. Uh, I mean, we're obviously seeing guys throw harder than they ever have before, um, and I don't think that's going away anytime soon. So definitely going to be like I, I love pitching. I know you were a pitcher. I I pitched a little in high school, so it's just awesome to see talented pitching. You don't always need to see home runs to see good baseball. So I, I love watching pitchers dominate. Also. Yeah, this this whole new ball thing too. It's just like, all right, you know, keep saying what you whatever you want to say about the ball. I mean, I, I'm not worried about the ball at all. I think that baseball is strong, and um, yeah, man, it's exciting. So let's talk about this eight game slate. Let's appreciate you and Grant filling in yesterday's podcast. Was traveling back from the races. Uh, it was great to be back at the races. Um, it did not look like it was going to be a good fantasy day on Sunday. And all of a sudden the last 30, the, the last 30 laps finally went our way. Um, <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's been so many, so many times this year and last year where it's gone the other way. So, I mean, felt like the, the NASCAR gods just were like, all right, we're going to give one back to you here because you traveled and you know, you need it. So it was fun. I went, I went two for five, on scores and odds for betting for nascar this weekend and was up like five units um so i just but betting nascar is fun yeah you get those big plus money guys i did you hit an outright i think you did, i did right? hit an outright yeah. yeah yeah nice yeah so that's why um denny hamlin who i thought was going to dominate um led like six laps to start the race and then was a fifth to eighth place car and ended up winning the race because of all the stuff that happened at the end so um good stuff he made me look really smart, but <laughs> that's about it. Uh, let's jump into this baseball slate. Eight games back in the groove here. Um, it is June 1st. You know, that is kind of when I really, really start to look at 2022 stats. I I, I kind of switched over about two weeks ago um, to looking more at this season's stats. Baseball is a, is a game where we're not going to have a large sample size where you're like Cardi, even like when he talks about the bat, he wants years of sample size um, to be able to make his predictions and stuff like that. Baseball, when you're, when you're looking at like a season as a whole, I mean, I, I look at a lot of like 30 day, 14 day, 20, 22 stats, stuff like that, because it's just a game where the guy has changed something, you know, it just changes so much. You look at Joey Votto last year, Going into last year, Joey Votto was a guy that choked up with two strikes, tried to put the ball in play, didn't like to strike out. He completely changed his approach to the plate last year. And if you didn't adjust, like I didn't adjust very fast with Votto because I always talked, you know, trash about him. But he's just a great example because he changed his whole, you know, swing last year. Um, so we see that from time to time. And I mean, it's just one of those things. So I just wanted to mention that, you know, it is June 1st. I like to look at I still like to look at like year and a half data, but a lot of the stats you're going to hear me talk about on the podcast are going to be 2022. Um, it's that it's that time. So we're going to jump in right here. We got Seattle at Baltimore, eight and a half total in this game. Seattle is a 155 favorites. Um, Robbie Ray going up against Bradish. Talked about Seattle on um, the expert survey on Tuesday wrote them up as like one of my favorite like stacks and you know they scored a lot early it's just they didn't do it with a lot of home runs but 
Let's talk Robbie Ray here. He's getting Baltimore. Baltimore, very, very heavy strikeout team. Even against left-handed pitching, they're a team that's going to strike out a ton. He's 9,500 in this spot. I'm I'm just saying, let's do it. Um, you know, anytime you're going to get Baltimore, I feel like you're going to be an option. And we know Robbie Ray is capable of a big strikeout game. Baltimore, bottom five in a ton of statistics against left-handed pitching. Um, they are third highest in strikeouts. So talk to me here about Robbie Ray. Yeah, he's he's the top option on the slate. I mean, he's, he's a little bit underpriced. I, he had a rough start to the season. Um, velocity was down. The strikeout stuff wasn't quite as what it has been in the past here. But over the last three, four starts, he has really picked it up. The velocity's come back a little bit. Uh, he's had at least eight strikeouts in his last four starts. And you touched on the matchup, um, especially against lefties. Baltimore strikes, strikes out a ton. Um, so just... 9,500 for Robbie Ray in this matchup. Sign me up. Yeah. Um, you know, we have some potential weather games on this slate, you know, so as much as like Nestor Cortez has been just great this year, like that game is super iffy with the weather. Angels, a good offense in general. I, I just, I lean with you as saying like Robbie Ray is just the guy today. Um, so, and, and like, you know, the matchups that you want, some of them play in the early games, um, you know, Houston Oakland games early. And then, you know, we like to pick on Pittsburgh, but we don't really know what to expect pitch count wise for like Mitch White. We'll talk about that when we get there. So I just think with the potential weather in the Yankees game, um, it, it's just one of those things. I think I'm going to go Robbie Ray as my top guy today. The other side of this game, you got Kyle Bradish. Seattle is a team that is very – you can pick on Seattle. Um, they don't have a ton of power. But I don't know if Bradish is necessarily the guy I want to pick on Seattle because he's been reverse splits. He strikes out lefties more than righties. And Seattle loves to go lefty-righty, lefty-righty, lefty-righty. Um, I don't love Bradish here, but at 5,800, I think you could do worse. Yeah, I, there's actually a fair amount of cheap pitching that I'm interested in. Um, Seattle is not a matchup that I really like to pick on. Um, they're kind of middle of the road in strikeouts, and they actually walk quite a, quite a bit. Um, so a, a young pitcher, like he hasn't had terrible control issues, um, but I just think just the overall body of work, he's not as refined as a, a veteran would be. So I, I do like some cheaper pitching better than Bradish. Um, I wouldn't try to talk you off of it just because I think he's a talented guy. Strikeout rate um, has has been pretty decent, over 23% this year in his limited sample. Uh, he, he is a, a talented guy. I think he's going to eventually be a pretty good pitcher, but not quite there yet. A couple other cheap options on the slate I prefer. Seattle Bats, anything standing out to you? Just the pricing. I mean, they're fairly priced across – the whole lineup. Uh, Winker is still too cheap at, at 3,800. He's starting to turn it around a little bit. Ty France is having a really good year at 4,200. Um, don't mind. Julio Rodriguez has been just crushing the ball here recently. He's 4,500. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested in this Seattle stack. I don't know that it's one of my top options, but I think they're a little bit of an underrated offense. Um, so I'll, I'll have some exposure to Seattle. Yeah, I mean, the, the stack is kind of fantastic too. When you look at the reverse splits of Bradish, you can go Winker, who is just a above average hitter. He's struggling a little bit this year, like you said, getting going here a little bit as well. But 
I feel like you, you really got to take advantage of when Winker is on the road. Um, I, I think he's just going to struggle in Seattle all year. And we, we, we all kind of talked about it. Anybody that does like best ball, baseball, season long baseball, we knew like the numbers were going to go way down for Winker this year um, going from Cincinnati to Seattle, but France Rodriguez, they both have a lot of power. Bradish has given up a lot of power to righties, ton of fly balls, 45%, 47% hard hits uh, with only an 18% K rate. So I kind of like the little three man here. And if you really want to make your Seattle three man different, just don't play Winker and play Suarez and get those three righties, take advantage of the reverse splits. Um, all three of those guys have plenty of power. The Baltimore side of this game, it's really tough to have interest in Baltimore here. Um, Robbie Ray is someone that will give up home runs from time to time. He is a guy that, you know, when he's off, he's off big time. Uh, I think he's given up at least one home run in like five straight starts. And I think it's like seven of his 10 starts this year or something like that. But I just, I mean, who, who do you pick? I mean, that's the problem I think for Baltimore. I think if you're playing anybody from Baltimore, it's probably like Hayes or Mancini, just trying that one-off power. Um, Mateo at shortstop is someone that you could potentially play weak position. What do you, if there anything here for Baltimore for you? I'll have way more Robbie Ray than, than Baltimore. I mean, Ray has a tendency to get wild at times. So if like the stack is in play, um, definitely not one of my favorites though. Just this Baltimore offense, not enough talent here. Um, I don't mind lo- looking for a cheap home run for Mancini or Mountcastle. Uh, Hayes has had a pretty good year also. Um, Rutschman, a really talented catcher. Uh, but yeah, just I don't see myself with much Baltimore exposure. All right, moving on. Angels, Yankees. Like I said a few minutes ago, this game has some potential weather. It has an eight and a half total. Yankees are 170 favorites. Um, the weather doesn't look great here. I mean, we'll have to give Roth, see what Roth has to say, but I like to break down games um, anyway to give thoughts, but just know that, see what Kevin Roth has to say on this one. We got Court, Court, Cortez against Det, Detmers. Um, Detmers, I'm. You could tell I haven't done a podcast in like five, six days. <laughs> um, let's start here with Reed Deepmers. You know, he threw that no-hit game against Tampa. Um, it was fantastic. We know he has some talent. But all the numbers kind of pointed to him like being an average pitcher this year. Um, am I saying he's going to be an average pitcher? I'm not saying that necessarily. But from what we've seen this year from him – 5.3 xFIP, 17% Ks, ton of fly balls. Balls that are coming off the bat are, you know, coming off the bat hard. A- average exit velocity is is below average. Hit distance is below average. Like, facing the Yankees here, I am. If if there's no weather in this game, I'm much more likely to play the Yankees than I am Deep Mercer. Yeah, I I agree with you. He's just the strikeout stuff has not translated yet, um, and the pitch count. I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times. He just doesn't have the leash, um, especially after being extended in the no-hitter, well over 100 pitches, 61 pitches the the outing after that, and then 73 in his last one. So he'll probably be back up into that 80-85 range in this one. Um, But I I don't like this matchup for him, especially being being in Yankee Stadium. Uh, Price tag is just too high for the strikeout stuff that, that he's offered so far in his career. Um. The other side, Cortez. I mean, Nestor Cortez has shown big upside. Um, on a slate where I think pitching 
It's kind of iffy. I think if this game is okay weather-wise, we can roll the dice. The bottom half of this order is rough. Um, the, I mean, even if they roll out like Duffy in there, Duffy notoriously better against left-handed pitching throughout his career, but this dude's hitting 60% ground balls. He, he's, his power is just gone. You're really just kind of worried about Ward, Trout, and you kind of want Otani to be in there. He strikes out at a high clip against lefties, and Cortez has shown big strikeout upside against lefties and righties. Um, I mean, if the weather's good, Keith, I think we have to look at Cortez here. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that price tag is awfully high. Um, it, I mean, you really need the 30% strikeout rate to be real. I mean, he's, he's shown it all year, but he's had some like crazy outlier 11 strikeout game, a 12 strikeout game. And then outside of that, he's kind of just been in that like five to seven range. So I'm not sure I completely buy the massive strikeout rate. I think he's a really talented pitcher. Um, and the matchup is is okay. But when you're talking about Robbie Ray at 9,500 versus Baltimore or Nestor Cortez at 10-7 versus the Angels, I mean, I, I'm pretty clearly going to take Ray most of the time. Um, I don't, I'm struggling with what to do with this one because I, I'm not sold on the upside of Cortez just yet. Um, difficult matchup in Yankee stadium against a pretty good offense. So I mean, you pretty much need him to go out there and strike out nine or 10. Uh, I'm not saying he can't do it. I just don't know how likely it's going to be. If he, if the weather's good, he comes in super low owned. Um, I'll take some shots in tournaments, but it, it's really going to be ownership dependent. I, I don't think that he's, um, like a high ceiling overall play just on his own. But if, if I can get him around 10% on a, a smaller slate, then I'd, I'd be all for that. I'm going in with the thought that he is going to be lower owned here. Um, I do think that with the potential weather and everything with the ownership, with the price, I just don't think he's going to be um, highly owned. So watch the weather. Um, look at the ownership, obviously. Talk to me here um, about the Angels' bats. Anything standing out to you? I mean, Trout is is the one guy. I, I don't want to stack against Cortez. Even if the strikeout rate isn't real, he gets plenty of ground balls. Control is decent. Um, I, I do think he's a well-above-average pitcher, even if I'm not completely buying the massive strikeout rate. Um, so I don't really want to stack the Angels, um, but I don't mind looking for a home run from, from Trout or Ward. Um. Yankees, I love the Yankees stack. If this game is to go, um, I like the Yankees stack a lot here. Um, obviously, no Stanton, no Judge. Um, I know Stanton's getting closer and closer, but I don't think he's like eligible what? to be activated yet. Um, Did but yeah, something I mean, happen to Judge that I missed? No, Stanton what? and Donaldson. Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned. I, I was looking at Judge. Um, <laughs> when I was reading IL for Donaldson. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love, I love judge in this spot. I like the price for DJ LeMayhew with some of these guys out. I mean, Hicks could draw a really good lineup spot. He's been someone that throughout his career has been a lot better against left-handed pitching. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait to see what this lineup looks like here because I mean, we could get a Yankee stack with some of the top bats, just kind of cheap overall because of some of these guys being out. Yeah, I like the Yankees a good amount. Also, Judge is underpriced. Like he should be six thousand, and he's fifty three hundred. Um, he's one of my favorite hitters on the slate. Um, Torres, I don't mind. Um, whoever whoever's catching, I'll have some interest. They're both around three K. 
love the Hicks call. Um, always like playing him against lefties, especially if he's up in the middle of that lineup. Uh, LeMahieu is a good option. Agree. The, the Yankees are, I, I think Detmers is a t- talented pitcher. He's going to be good. He's not quite there yet. This is a tough spot just going into Yankee Stadium um, with all their right-handed power. Um, even though Stanton and Donaldson are out, there's still plenty in this lineup. So I like the Yankees a good amount. All right. We got the White Sox at Toronto taking on the Blue Jays. Eight total in this game. Blue Jays a slight favor here at 135. Kopech against Ryu. Um, any interest here in Kopech? I do have some interest. Um, surprised that the leash has actually been pretty decent. He's been over 90 pitches in four of his last five starts. Um, the strikeout have been okay. I think there's a little bit more in there. The walks have continued to be a problem. Uh, strikeouts are around 24% for the year. I mean, this is a guy with big stuff. I think he's got more uh, potential for in that regard, but I don't love this matchup. Um, like we just saw Giolito struggle. Um, obviously Giolito is kind of reverse splits where Kopech is, is tougher on right-handers than Giolito is. So I think that does help Kopech in this uh, matchup. But the, the Blue Jays are patient, and Kopech has struggled with walks. So I'll play some in tournaments. Um, I definitely prefer Ray in, in this spot. Uh, but Kopech is definitely in play for me. Yeah, I, I mean, ceiling-wise, I think he has to be in play for everybody. Um, the fact that, like you said, he's been throwing over 90 pitches. We know he has big stuff. My biggest concern for Kopech here is he's not getting the swing and misses with the slider, and he's really, like, sticking to it. And this team hits sliders really well. Um, you know, for years, for years, me and Siege used to talk about this like in depth all the time. This was one of the worst teams in baseball against the sliders. Well, it's obviously not the same team. The, the team is just way different. Um, lineups way different, but this team actually hits sliders well. So, I mean, Kopech for me, I think large field tournaments for sure, definitely playable. But I do think there's risk. Um, you know, the walks, a patient team like Toronto that will walk and the fact that they hit sliders well and he's really sticking to his slider, especially against righties, um, it's just somewhat concerning. Uh, the other side, we got Ryu 6,500. Just the strikeout stuff is just going away. Uh, it, it's just not there, you know. Do we say it's towards the end of his career? Um, I don't know. It's tough to say, but we do say that he hasn't thrown over 80 pitches in a start this season. He hasn't struck out more than four hitters in a start this season. He's showing a 5x FIP. He's showing a 12% K rate. And he's showing a 355 Woba with a 224 ISO against right-handed hitters. And this lineup is going to be full of right-handed hitters. Um, all those stats scream stay away from Ryu here. Yeah, just not the same pitcher that we've been used to. The strikeouts being way down just automatically puts me off of him. Um, the White Sox should be getting healthier too. They they activated Robert from the COVID IL yesterday, but he wasn't in the lineup. So I kind of expect him back here. That's a big deal. Um, a big right-handed power bat. Obviously the, the White Sox have some other injuries. So it, it's a little bit of a depleted lineup, but we saw them get to Gaussman yesterday. They, um, they certainly shouldn't have any trouble with right here. Yeah, the thing is, like, Moncada, he's pinch hit a couple of times. Um, so I, I think he's close to being back. I just yeah. think they're being super careful with him. Um, like you mentioned, Lewis Robert, he should be back in the lineup here. Jose Abreu, um, Vaughn, like, they have plenty of, like, even 
even a guy like Jake Berger has shown plenty of upside against left-handed pitching this season. I just think that there's going to be too many righties, too much risk here for Ryu. And I, I honestly, I like the White Sox. I think this is a good spot to target Ryu. He's just not been able to get right-handed bats out. And he's, his, his hard hit to soft contact ratio um, is 38.8%. That is extremely elite for these hitters. Yeah, the Sox are cheap also. Um, Abreu at 4K. Robert hasn't played in a couple weeks here, or at least a week, 10 days or something like that. He's 4,600. He's a better hitter than that price tag. Uh, Andrew Vaughn hit a home run yesterday. He's only 3,700. He's really good against lefties. Berger is cheap. Pollock is cheap. Mendick is cheap. Like Depending on what this lineup looks like, whether Moncada and Robert make it back in, um, but either way, I think you're looking at a, a very affordable stack against uh, somebody who's now a below average pitcher. So I'm fully on board with the White Sox. Yeah, I'll be looking on prize picks and stuff um, for unders on Ryu in this spot, under strikeouts, under outs. Uh, I think this is a really bad spot for him. So uh, Toronto bats. I think Toronto's a team you either stack or just stay away from. Um, the talent is there. Springer, Vlad, Bichette. Oscar Hernandez, the, the talent is worth stacking on any slate. It's a tough matchup. Kopech's a really good pitcher, but I mean, if he does struggle with walks in this spot and, you know, you could just kind of take advantage of that. I just think that's one, one thing to kind of note here is if you're playing Toronto, they have the ceiling to break the slate and they're just some, one of those guys. I just think that like one of those teams that no one's going to play today. Yeah, I think they come in pretty low owned as well, um, and the upside is, is phenomenal. I I do like the patience of this team. I think they can run the, the pitch count on Kopech up pretty quickly here um, if Kopech isn't just doesn't have his best stuff. Um, and then if you get a, a long reliever from the Sox bullpen, then that's where you can really uh, put up a big score. So I, I'm with you. I like the Blue Jays. Um, T Oscar's underpriced. Vlad is even underpriced. It's he's been dealing with a little bit of a wrist thing. Um, but he was in the lineup uh, last night. So I assume he'll be back in there. Bichette 4,500. We've paid over 5k for Bichette plenty. So like they're just, it seems like everybody's about $500 less than what they, they typically are. Um, I think, I think they line up pretty decently here against Kopech actually. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think anyone's going to play them in this spot. So we'll have to see. All right, cruising along. Other potential weather game here, Cincinnati at Boston. This is another game that night before is projecting a lot of rain, Um, so we'll have to see. We got green against Whitlock in this one. It's currently at a nine total. The Red Sox are a 210 favorite here, big favorites. Um, Let's start here with Hunter Green. Any interest in him going up against Boston here? Another talented young guy with big stuff who just hasn't quite figured it out yet. I, I don't like this spot for him going into Fenway. Um, like if you want to do it in a tournament, I'm, I wouldn't talk you off of it, but I don't think I'll be playing him here uh, in Fenway. I, I kind of like the Boston bats a little bit. Yeah. Like Boston, I mean, as a, as a team this season, they have been very mediocre. Um I mean, there's a good chance that like there's a lot of movement here and like Boston just gives it up. But on the flip side, if they could get rolling, they could quiet a lot of things. And I mean, they're top 10 in a lot of stats against right-handed pitching. They don't strike out very much. 
And that's kind of where I, I worry about green here is the fact that like he has to get strikeouts and he has to fade the power. Well, they have a ton of power and they don't strike out. So I think I'm going to pass. He gives up a ton of fly balls too. And in Fenway, that's, that's not going to work out very well. It's not going to work out in Cincinnati either. So yeah, have to fix that problem. (laughs) If he wants to stay in Cincy, uh, Garrett Whitlock on the other side of this game, I really want to see what the weather is going to do in this game because I actually have a ton of interest in Garrett Whitlock. I love the price tag at seven K. I mean, this isn't a fully healthy Cincinnati offense. Nyquin might be out. Tommy Pham might be out. And, I mean, Whitlock has shown plenty of potential, big-time potential. I think just looking at, like, pricing and everything on the slate, he's super playable here if the weather holds off. Yeah, I I love this spot for Whitlock. I hope that the weather holds. Um, Pitch count is obviously a, a bigger thing. Um, but I think he can have a lot of success. And I like the strikeout upside against this Cincinnati team. You're probably going to get in that 80 to 85 range for the pitches. Maybe he gets up to 90 if he's going well. Um, but it, it is a pretty tight leash. But Cincinnati, just not a very talented offense. Um, I like the strikeout stuff from Whitlock. Uh, the price tag of 7K is phenomenal. So hopefully the weather holds. I'll, I'll play. Whitlock it reminds me in this spot exactly of what George Kirby was yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. we were, I was all over Kirby. I played a ton of him. That worked out really well. I, I think this is a similar spot for Whitlock. My extra survey hot take was Matt Olson hits a home run in his first two at-bats. He went double home run. Nice. I was close. I was close. I was close. Um, I have no interest really in the Cincinnati bats. I think this is one of those spots where I'm going to play Whitlock if the weather's okay. Um, especially if like Nyquen doesn't play too. Um, he's like, I think I, I highly doubt he plays. Um, so we'll see. Um, but I highly doubt he plays. Joey Votto, I think is still pretty cheap. If you want to, you know, attack him, he's shown a lot more power since he's gotten back, um, from the IL, but yeah, I mean, his like OPS was like five six hundred or something. It's like doubled since he's come back from the COVID list or something like that. It's crazy, but um, I just don't know if I play anybody from Cincinnati in this spot. No, I have no interest either. Um, they're overpriced. Like Drury still just has a ridiculous price. Stevenson is up at forty seven hundred. Uh, Mustakas at forty three hundred, who's had a, a down year, really struggled. Um, Vado is the one guy. I mean, Vado is a one-off. If he's not grabbing a ton of ownership, I wouldn't mind. But I'm I'm not stacking Cincinnati at these prices. Um, Boston. I think Boston's super stackable here. You know, we mentioned Green and his fly balls. We mentioned his hard contact. We mentioned that like he's struggling a little bit with command. I think they're you know one of the top stacks on the slate. If the weather holds off, they're super expensive, but. I could totally see stacking Cincinnati playing Whitlock and making the stack work because you could save some money. Yeah, I, I like Boston a ton. Um, Green is going to be good. He throws super hard, but the the control, the hard contact, the fly balls, just not lining up very well for him here against this Boston offense with with a lot of power uh, in a good park for home runs. So I think he gives up a couple. Um, you mentioned they're they're expensive. Uh, you've got Verdugo and Dahlback down there to help make that work. Franchi Cordero, if he's in the lineup, all those guys are in the three Ks. So you you can throw a couple of them in there with with the five K guys that we really want. Devers and Story in particular are the two. Um, but yeah, I like Boston a lot here. 
All right, we got Minnesota at Detroit. This game, seven and a half total. Twins, a 120 favorite. Uh, Bailey Ober against Tyler Scoble. Um, Tariq Scoble. Bailey Ober, 8,200, going up against Detroit. My biggest concern with Bailey Ober is not the matchup. My biggest concern with Bailey Ober is the pitch count. He has not gone over 80 pitches yet this season. They played a doubleheader on Tuesday. He's getting a great lineup. Is this the spot where if he's pitching well, they're like, maybe we need him to go 90 pitches after a doubleheader? I don't know how we would figure that out. Um, oh, I mean, it's like pure, it's pure gut. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just pure gut call. Like, this is a thing where you're like, you really, we really just kind of need him to eat some innings here. And if he's pitching well in the fifth or sixth and he's at like 80 pitches, maybe we let him go out one more inning. Um, because it doesn't look like, Keith, when I was looking at it before we started, it doesn't look like any type of innings limit. It looks strictly like pitch count. So, I think like we could get six innings out of Ober and on a, on a ceiling side, maybe seven at, I think seven's kind of maxing it out here. Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned. I just, I don't see why they pulled him at 61 in the last one. Um, he was at he had a really, after... really rough start to the fourth inning. Okay. All right, so it was three plus, and yeah, I'm seeing 61 pitches in three innings, so it's three plus innings, and they pulled. He didn't him get at, an at out the in the fourth, fourth if I remember. Right. So he was in some trouble. The, the bullpen probably got out of it for him because I was like, he only gave up three runs, which is is not terrible, but that makes sense if he was in a jam in the fourth, um, and they just lifted him because of performance. So, yeah, I don't know. I think he's a talented pitcher. It's just the leash I'm I'm really concerned about. Obviously, a great matchup against Detroit. Um, I, I prefer some cheaper guys. Uh, we talked about Whitlock. There's there's a, at least one more down the slate who's in play. I like the guys at the top. I think they have more more potential um, upside. So I don't think that I'll get to eight, over at 8,200 until I see a little bit more of a pitch count. But if you think there's a little more in there on the pitch count, then, then he's certainly in play with this matchup. Oh, I don't think there is. I'm just saying like <laughs> – like, If there is. Yeah, so he got rocked in the third last time out and they didn't let him come out for the fourth. Um, I just read it really quick, but he struggled a lot in the third and got an out to finish the third. And then they yanked him. So, um, I mean, we kind of see what his floor is. It's about seven fantasy points. So, um, I mean, he scored seven against this team earlier this year and he threw 73 pitches in that game. So all I'm saying is, they play a doubleheader on Tuesday. If he's pitching well, I mean, that's obviously the first part, right? If he's pitching well, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes 75 to 85 pitches in this spot if he's pitching well and gets through the six. And I think at 8,200, that could, I mean, that could lead to like 20, 25 points. Um, so we'll see. I don't know if he makes the cut for me. But I'm not going to say he doesn't make the cut because I want to see the Boston weather. Because, I mean, if I if I lose the Boston game, I lose Whitlock. And, I mean, there's not a lot of pitchers under Ober and Whitlock that I think you could play today. So that's my, my, my other biggest concern um, just in general is just who we can play. 
I think there is one more, but if we lost Whitlock, I think he would become pretty chalky. So you would possibly be looking for a pivot then. Yeah, well, I know who you're going to talk about. We'll talk about him when we get there. Um, Scoble, either side, very, very talented pitcher. Tark Scoble is one of the up-and-coming, like, elite lefties in the league. Minnesota has been all over the place this year uh, against left-handed pitching. I think that's the best way to, to kind of put it. Um, you know, when we look at like team stats in general, their WRC plus is like top 15, um, but their power numbers are like almost bottom 10. So what are we doing here with Tariq Scoble? So I'm interested here. Um, I, I, Minnesota is not the greatest strikeout matchup. 10-2 is a big asking price. Um, but I think Scooball just has figured some things out. And like you said, he's he's legitimately becoming an ace. Um, strikeout rate above 27%, walks down around 4%. Like, those are elite numbers. Uh, and I, I think, like, he's been over 100 pitches also this season twice. Um, so they're, they're letting him go a little bit deeper. Like – Minnesota is not an ideal matchup and you look at some of the right-handed bats that they have and it's, it's a little bit scary, like Buxton at the top of the order, especially. Um, but I just, I, I believe in the talent of Scooball. Um, There's not a ton else outside of Ray I, Cortez, if, if that weather holds, but Scooball, I think has, um, he's among the highest upside on the slate. So not, not an ideal matchup, but I'm, I'm willing to bet on the talent in the matchup. I don't have any interest in Minnesota bats here. Um, you know, you can play Buxton in any matchup, but with Kepler's price, with Correa out, um, Minnesota's just kind of expensive here. I don't think I want to attack them in this spot. Yeah, it's weird. Like, Minnesota was underpriced for a long time there, and now they, they're just a little bit overpriced. Um, Buxton's been struggling a little bit, but I, I don't mind that $5,400 tag on him. Love him as a one-off if you want to do that. Um, I could be talked into some Polanco as well, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stack against Scooball. He seems to have the control figured out uh, and the strikeouts are up as well. So I, I don't want to stack. And I mean, Detroit on the other side, it, they're just one of the worst offenses in baseball. Um, they're bottom three in so many like statistic categories here. I, I just don't see a reason to play Detroit. I think if you're playing anybody, it's Javi Baez, Jonathan Scope maybe. But, I mean, Detroit, yeah, not good offense. Yeah, they've been so bad. Um, And I thought they were a team kind of on the rise and they were going to take a step forward this year. Torkelson has struggled mightily. Um, Baez has been in and out of the lineup. Yeah, it's just – it's not been pretty. Uh, Candelario took a big step back this year after having a decent year last year. So yeah, just there's not much here on Detroit. Um, I think over is a good pitcher, even if he doesn't go super deep, um, you're probably getting four or five innings against him at least. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not in love with Detroit here either. All right. We got the Brewers at Chicago taking on the Cubs. It is the night before, but it looks like there's not going to be any wind in this game. So I don't think we necessarily need to worry about that. Um, No total, obviously. Um, I also don't know. I don't think we know who's pitching for the Brewers yet. Um, We know Kyle Hendricks is pitching. 
I've seen all kinds of different things. I, I saw that like Jason Alexander could start here for Milwaukee. Um, have you seen anything here, Keith? No, I do see Alexander on there, but I don't, I'm not even aware of who that is. Um, I'm looking him up right now. I mean, it would be his first major league start triple A this season. Um, 47 innings. Yeah. No strikeouts whatsoever. So not a huge strikeout guy. Um, but from what I was looking at, he doesn't give up a lot of home runs either. Um, so seems like he's like one of those like typical, you know, ground ball type guys probably throws sinker. Um, but I couldn't find anything as far as like where he's at prospect wise, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, if he's pitching, I don't know much about him and he's 29 years old. Um, seems like he's been around in the minors for a while now. So, um, no idea what to expect here from him and maybe he is pitching and he's just not in the player pool. So, right. Uh, he's not in the, in the DK player pool for sure. I yeah. So I, I mean, I'm seeing like three different places saying that like he's going to pitch here. So, um, but yeah, I mean the Cubs, Kyle Hendricks, um, talk about a guy that just, he just doesn't have it anymore. Um, what what are your Cubs doing? You think Kyle Hendricks is going to, you know, continue to roll out there? Or you think that like we're going to see them replace him at some point? I think he's just going to pitch out the season at this point. He's got a year left on his contract after this one too. I think they would move him if they could, but because of the money left on his contract, I just I don't think anybody's going to no take. Chance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like he always got by with the pinpoint control. Like just he doesn't have the control anymore, and when you throw. 86 miles an hour not having pinpoint control you're, you're going to get hit around so I, I he just doesn't have it anymore he's you said it perfectly yeah i mean the, the biggest thing and he's still he's still above average against right-handed hitters about limiting damage and stuff like that lefties have just smashed him just absolutely smashed him this season gonna face a pretty right-handed heavy lineup and i'm not even gonna remotely try to make an argument for him um but I mean, the Brewers' bats, everybody's under 5K. Really like Yelich in this spot. Um, Rowdy Tellis is someone that I really like in this spot. Want to see what the rest of the lineup looks like. Kyle Hendricks is someone I don't mind playing righties against. There's going to be contact made. Um, You know, Taylor, small sample size, but he's shown like he's more of a fly ball guy. Um, Urias looks like more of a fly ball guy. So I have no issue stacking the, the Brewers here. Yeah, I, I like the Brewers stack a good amount, especially Tellez. I mean, he's way underpriced. Um, Yelich has been scuffling with results, but the the stat cast stuff looks good. He's hitting the ball hard at least. Um, so I think he can turn it around. Kind of depends on the lineup. Narvaez should be in there as another lefty cheap catcher. I like that a good amount. Wong has been dealing with a an issue, um, was out of the lineup yesterday, so I'm not sure if he'll be back in there or not. He's only 3,900 if he's in there. I expect him to be leading off if he is back. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely like the lefties. And then some of the righties, like Taylor is still 3,400. I'm not sure if McCutcheon cracks the lineup against a righty, but 3,600, like whoever's in the Brewers outfield is pretty cheap outside of Yelich. So, um, yeah, I, I like the full stack here. The Cubs, I mean, I think it's crazy not to have interest in stacking the Cubs here. Um, everything that I re- have read about Jason Alexander is he doesn't have a big strikeout stuff. He's kind of a control guy with good ground ball stuff, but 
how is that how is that ground ball stuff going to translate into major league ground balls? He can get ground balls in AAA. He's been pitching in the Miami and Angels organization it seems like since 2017 and hasn't sniffed the bigs yet. I I have no problem stacking the Cubs here. Yeah, I, I like the stack as well. Um, Contreras and Wisdom a little bit pricey, but there's still some cheap pieces here. Hap is underpriced. Uh, Morel is 3,600. He's been grabbing the leadoff spot pretty much every day now. Um, Schwindel at 3,500. Like these guys have some pop too. So Frazier has been in the lineup since he he returned from the IL. He's 2,500. Um, this could be a potentially pretty pretty cheap stack if outside of Contreras and Wisdom. So against a journeyman minor leaguer, I'm I'm definitely in. Yeah, I I am going to rank the Cubs pretty high today. I think this is a, a team that could just absolutely smash in this spot. Um, Morell has been hitting the ball every time he's in the lineup. It's just, yeah, I, I really like the Cubs here. Tampa Bay at Texas facing the Rangers. We got Springs against Gray. Some places have this seven and a half. Some places have this eight. Almost every book, though, has the Rays minus 125. Um, we'll start here with Jeffrey Springs. 80 pitches and back-to-back starts. It looks like he's kind of stretched out. But, I mean, like most Tampa pitchers, it doesn't look like he's going to get much past the sixth inning. Um, he's facing Texas. He's 6,200. I'm assuming this is the other cheap guy that you were going to bring up. Yeah, he is. Um, the The leash is the concern. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's a ceiling beyond six innings, um, but the strikeout stuff has been pretty good here for Springs. He's up almost to 27% on the season. Um, control looks really good, under 6% walks. Like Jeffrey Springs is turning into a pretty viable starting pitcher. Um, and I don't know what their thoughts are on the leash. Maybe there's an absolute hard cap of 80. He has been pulled at exactly 80 in the last two games. Um, but even 80 pitches against Texas here, I'm, I'm interested. Um, the roof has been open in Texas the last two days, which makes it play much more hitter friendly. Um, but I still like Springs talent. Um, I think Texas is just kind of a, a middle of the road offense. I'm not scared of them. Uh, and Springs looks to be kind of breaking out here as a starting pitcher. Yeah. And I mean, even looking back at yesterday's game, like Yarbrough had one bad inning. Um, still didn't show like big strikeout stuff, but they let him go 87 and six and two thirds. So um, I, I just think like when looking at pricing and everything, Springs is definitely in play. Um, I mean, he struggled with some home runs last time out. It was the Yankees. He still has six strikeouts in that game. Texas is a team that's kind of tough against left-handed pitching. I think that is kind of baked into the price though. Um Really got to pay attention to the weather today on some of these games that, you know, we talked about earlier because that's really going to dictate how I'm going to approach this range. But, yeah, I think Springs is is very, very, very much in play here. Um, John Gray on the other side. Martin Perez continues to do it, man. Did it again. What in the world? <laughs> I, 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 listen, I'm, I'm on board now. Like, I am on board. <laughs> I've gone from stacking against Perez to, like, playing him. Um, I'm, I'm in. But – I mean, John Gray, he, he's his innings have been okay. The strikeout stuff's been okay. But the walks, the biggest thing with him is walks and just not getting out of innings. Um, he's 6,400. We know there's strikeout upside facing Tampa. 
I just don't think I can do it today. Yeah, I mean, I want to see ownership because if Springs ends up far more popular, I could see the pivot over to Gray. He's a $6,400 pitcher who is fully stretched out. You're going to get 90-plus pitches out of them. Um, I know it hasn't been a good good go. Like we thought moving out of Colorado, there might be he might be able to unlock some things. Hasn't happened for him yet. But I think there's still some talent there. Um, for He's a better pitcher than 6,400. And the fact you're getting 90 pitches out of that price tag, I think he's in play too. So I'm, I'll be interested in ownership. I, I think Springs is a better play. I think there's more strikeout upside for Springs. But Gray does have the leash, um, and if Texas gets to Springs a little bit, I could see uh, Gray outscoring him. So I'd, I'd keep him in the pool for that reason. Tampa Bats, um, I mean, obviously with Brandon Lau and Wander Franco out of the lineup, it's a huge um, downtick to this lineup just in general. You know, Rosarina, 5K. We got some cheap bats that could potentially be in the lineup. It's just not going to be as good of a lineup with, you know, two of their, if not the best bats out of the lineup. Yeah, yeah, I would say they are their two best bats. So what's left after that? I mean, it was already a lineup that that was kind of top heavy with those two. Now you take those two out and it's it's definitely a below average lineup. Um G Man Choi at 4,400, I think would be the preferred option. I don't mind Zunino at 4,100. I just I don't love the stack. I, I don't think like Gray is not somebody I'm scared of facing. It's just the talent of this Tampa Bay lineup being down um, without their two best hitters. I, I don't love the stack. Um, Texas bats. I mean, Springs has definitely been good. Texas might be like one of the sneakiest stacks on the slate today. Um, you know, Seager, Garver, Heim, they've shown plenty of power against left-handed pitching this season. We know Garcia is someone throughout his career that has shown power against lefties. He's just been terrible against lefties this year. Marcus Simeon's been terrible against lefties this year. I think if I'm playing Texas, I'm stacking them. And if some of those games get rained out and like Springs is like super chalk here, I might play Springs on two team and like stack against them on one team um, because it's baseball and I'm allowed to hedge. Yep. I I don't mind that. Um, I I like Springs. I'm going to play a lot of Springs, but I'll probably have at least one or two Texas stacks as well. They just line up well against left-handed pitching. So um, Garver is my favorite play at 4k. Simeon and Garcia right in that 4k range as well. Seager has never had an issue with lefty lefty. He's, he's certainly playable. Um, Those those are the guys I'd mainly be looking at. Um, Yeah. I'll, I'll play Springs more than I will Texas, but I'll have some Texas too. All right, we finish it out with Pittsburgh Adelaide taking on the Dodgers. Jose Quintana against Mitch White. Eight and a half total. Dodgers a 250 to 280 favorite on most books here. Um, I know Jose Quintana has pitched okay. He had a good start against this team earlier this year. 8,500 for Jose Quintana (laughs) is a really, really tough ask. He is trying to do his best Martin Perez impersonation. Um, Quintana was terrible his last couple of years with the Cubs. He bounced around. Um, I don't even remember who he pitched for the Angels last year, I think, and was awful. Uh, appears to have figured something out back in Pittsburgh. But matchup against the Dodgers, 8,500, no chance. I mean, he's just throwing sinkers, curveballs, and changeups. He's like, I'm not going to throw anything straight anymore. Um, I'm just going to throw junk and hope that I don't get shelled. And I mean, it's, it's worked for him. Look at his ISO this season. 
Um, anytime you have a guy with a 2.15 ERA and a Sierra and XFIP almost two and a half higher, you know there's some regression coming, and it's really tough to have interest in a, a guy like that when you're facing one of the best, if not the best, offenses in baseball. Mitch White on the other side, 6K, 61 pitches last time out. Um, I mean, it was a 12-pitch increase from the Philly start to the Arizona start here. I don't know if he started the Philly game. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I thought that's what I read. But anyway, um, if he gets another 10-pitch increase here, 70 pitches, 6K going up against the Dodgers, I don't think it's the craziest idea. I just think that if you're playing Mitch White, you know you're probably limiting your ceiling a little bit. Yeah, I think like 75 would be the absolute max we could expect out of him. Um, so definitely a short leash here. Good matchup against Pittsburgh. They don't strike out a ton. Like there's a couple of just high contact bats in there. There are some strikeouts, but White hasn't been the biggest strikeout pitcher either. So I agree. I'm not sure that they're ceiling. I definitely prefer Springs. White versus Gray is an interesting conversation. Um because you're kind of talking about like a per inning upside with white versus maybe some length out of gray. So yeah. I mean, if we lose Whitlock, I think I would, I would consider him more. Um, if Whitlock is on the slate, I think I'm good in the cheap pitching range with, um, with Whitlock and Springs and I don't need to go here, but if we lose Whitlock, maybe I'll have to take a closer look at it. But yeah, I think 70 to 75 pitches is a, a rough expectation. He, he would be playable because of the matchup if we were to lose um, some pitching. Um, Pittsburgh bats. I mean, there's just no one from Pittsburgh that I really even have remote interest in. Uh, Reynolds has been struggling, I think is the best way to say it to start the year. He's 3,800. Um, lately he's been hitting the ball a little bit better. I think he'd be the only guy that I have any interest in here. Um, unless they like the, the guy they called up, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name, but Marcano, um, if he draws a good lineup spot, I think he's hit in three or four of his first few games here. Um, if he draws a good lineup spot, I don't mind maybe taking a shot on him. Yeah, he would be fine. I think he's got some speed too. So he, he probably profiles as a pretty decent fantasy player. I mean, at 2K, if he's anywhere near the top of the order, uh, definitely in play. Agree with your Reynolds call. He's the most talented hitter here. Um, don't mind the price at 3,800. I, I like Cabrian Hayes too, but he's a little bit overpriced. So I, I don't even know that I could get to a three man. Um, Reynolds as a one-off is, is probably the best option. I mean, the Dodgers, obviously the stack very playable here. Um, the only caution at the wind is price and they have struggled a little bit this season against left-handed pitching. And I say struggle, they just haven't hit them as hard as right-handed pitching. Um, Jose Quintana is only allowed two home runs on the season. So, I mean, this junk stuff, if they're getting a lot of ownership today, they just might be one of those teams you go underweight on and hope that the, he's just able to get a ton of ground balls and like maybe gives up one or two home runs and it's to low own guys. I, I, I don't think the Dodgers are a top stack today. You know, we talked about some stacks that I really like today. Um, you know, obviously it's going to depend on the weather because, you know, we like the Yankees. We talked about them a lot. We like Boston. Those are the two potential weather spots. So, um, but I mean, if those games start to get rained out, we're going to even see even more ownership for the Dodgers here. So 
I'm never going to tell you to fade the Dodgers, but I think this might be a slate you go underweight on the Dodgers and feel okay about it. Yeah, it, like their pricing is tough. Um, it like even a couple of weeks ago, we had some cheap options to throw in. Like we talked about it with Boston. You, you pay for for Devers and Bogarts and Story, but then you can play guys like Cordero and Dalbach to make the stack work and the overall price of the stack. Well, now the guys that we used to play for cheap in the Dodger stack, like Lux and Rios, they're they're over 4K now. Bellinger's over at 4,700. So like the entire stack, almost every hitter is 5K or above. Um, it makes it really difficult. We, we do have some cheap pitching. Maybe we can make that work. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like just the, the full stack is pretty tough. It is. Um, let's play the morning grind game and then we're going to get out of here under 8k to get six or more strikeouts today. Who do you like? Hopefully the weather holds, um, Garrett, Whitlock, Garrett Whitlock would be my guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, you know, I think I have to go Jeffrey Springs here. I do think he has the second most strikeout um, stuff. All right, let's go over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? So Martin Perez was my guy yesterday. <laughs> that, that didn't did work, work out, out so well. I'm going back to Martin Perez part two, Jose Quintana against the Dodgers. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Dietmers against New York. I think that is um, – I think it's a rough spot for him going up against the Yankees. So I'm going to go Dietmers in this one. Over 4K to hit a home run. Who do you like to go yard today? I'm going to stick with your theme there. Give me Aaron Judge. Good spot for him. I like it. Um I – Hold on, that guy's not over 4K. Um, give me Yelich against Hendricks to go yard um, like the Brewers today. Under 4K to get two hits. Who do you like here? <laughs> I'm just picking, piggybacking off of your picks. I also like the, the Brewers today. Uh, Rowdy Tellez is, is too cheap against Hendricks. I like it. I'm going to go Morell. He's 3,600. He, he was who I was going to pick for a home run, but he's under 4K. So I think he's, I think he's going yard today. Um, yep. There you go. Uh, give me a stack to score six more runs. I'm going to go with Boston. Just don't like the way uh, Green lines up. The fly balls in Fenway are, are going to be a tough thing. Uh, a lot of wildness. So I think Boston has a lot of people on base. They had a couple of home runs. Uh, Boston to score over six. I like it. I am going to go with the Brew Crew today. Kyle Hendricks. With his struggles this season, I think the Brewers get the job done today. They're on the road, so they get that ninth inning. Maybe I need that last run to be scored, but um, I like the Brewers a lot today. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, Nope, I don't have anything else. That is going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. Back Thursday, talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.